What it do, golf fans? Welcome back to the Turn Dogs Golf Podcast. This is Liam. Alongside me is Jack. We just came off a ridiculous Masters. Scotty Scheffler put it away. I mean, it, part of me thought it was close, and then part of me thought he blew it all away, and then he was there, and then he lost it all. And Jack, what did you think of the weekend? It was insane. Listen, I think that was, barring the 2019 Masters, one of the most enjoyable Masters tournaments that I've watched. Obviously, with the last couple of years, it's been just super exciting with Dustin Johnson, you know, crying on the putting green. Um, We had Hideki Matsuyama in the caddy bow, which is probably a top five coolest golf moment in the world. And if you don't acknowledge that, you're lying. But Scotty Scheffler made that course look stupid easy when, you know, the average was way over par. Um, It was remarkable. Um, Congratulations to him. Do I fair say, and knowing that, you know me so well as a Tiger fan. We are approaching a Tiger Woods Prime era S gear from Scotty Scheffler. I, I'm not going to say I told you so, but after he won his last tournament, I came on the podcast and said, hey, I'm not saying anything, but this is very similar to what Tiger did. Now, again, I'm not comparing Scotty Scheffler and Tiger Woods. Let's knock it out of pocket here, people. This is like apples and oranges. No, listen, do this. <laughs> I am the biggest Tiger fan in the world. And I am saying this is, it's April. He has four wins in a major, a world golf classic or a world golf, whatever it is. He yeah. a world golf championship. He has a major, he has four wins. Let me tell you a stat really quickly to emphasize this Tiger players to win four times in a PGA tour season, including a major in a WGC. Tiger Woods, 99, 2000, 2001, 2002, 2005, 2006, 2007, 2008, and Scotty Scheffler this year. And it's April. We have 22 weeks, 30 weeks before the FedEx Cup even starts. This might be one of the greatest seasons we ever see in the game of golf. And out of absolutely, well, not absolutely out of nowhere, but no one would have predicted come January 1st that Scotty's going to have four wins in a major. Did you see too? He's already got like the tenth most earnings of all time, uh, in a in a given year. And again, it's only April, so so there's a chance that he could potentially go up there and break like Tiger's record. Now, again, like that gets kind of funky because you get inflation and 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 oh yeah, pay keeps are, going up. Tournaments are worth more now, so like in ten years, this will get blown out of the water by somebody else that wins like two or three tournaments. But the fact that it's only April. And he's got the he's got a top ten most money earned in a uh, on the PGA Tour is just absolutely insane. I mean, it's unbelievable, and um, I think it'd be I think he should have six putt on the final hole just to say he could. That was that was awesome, and the crowd gave him a standing O because they could tell he was nervous. And how could you not be? I think it's one of those things. If you're a golfer and you practice as a kid, every putt before you go in the car to go home is to win the Masters. Yep. And you know, you no know, one, you know. Point point zero 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 one percent of golfers will ever have that feeling. So that was just incredible. I mean, I think it'd be, I think we're seeing one of the greatest seasons ever, but it would be stupid of me not to mention the fact that Tiger Woods played four days at Augusta National, which is just emotional. Woo! Go Tiger. I'm cool with it. That's all, that's all I wanted to see. I'm happy I mean, with it. I don't care about the outcome. I mean, I want him to win, obviously. Yes. The real that he played four days. He didn't hurt himself. It's a win. It's 
it's just amazing. And I know as a Tiger fan myself, I get frustrated because I know a lot of people didn't grow up like I did, where, you know, Golf Channel was my Nickelodeon or whatever. And Tiger Woods, I can tell you every shot he's ever hit. It was a little frustrating to see the game almost there. But, and again, you know, 600 days ago, he almost lost his life. He almost lost his leg. He was told he's not going to walk his daughter down the aisle. He has fusion in his back. He's restructed his knees and ankles throughout the course of his career. He hasn't played a competitive golf round in almost 600 days. And the only golf that he's played is buddy golf in, our, in the uh, PNC championship. And then you come on the one of the hardest golf courses in the world with the most pressure. That means the most to a lot of golfers. And he makes the cut and beats half of the top 20 players in the world. You beat Bryson. <laughs> yeah, well, so did Larry Mize. <laughs> Let's just talk about that. But, I mean, it was just I, – I know I could get off track here with the Tiger stuff, but that was one of the coolest things that even as just a – regardless of your, you know, a hardcore fan like myself or if you're a weekend watcher, the game is better with him. And watching him walk up 18 after four days of golf was just amazing. There's still, I know, piling ratings from this past weekend, but they were talking about one of the most viewed masters in the last five to 10 years, just based on the fact that Tiger is coming, came back the way he did. And so it's awesome to see that. Now, unfortunately, I think the fact that Scotty had that kind of lead, the casual golfer, or the casual person that was watching golf might've been a little turned off by that. Uh, but if you're anybody, yeah. if you're anybody like us, you're still in it, but we're in it regardless. So it's a little unfortunate that the Scotty kind of running away with it might've actually hurt some of the ratings in the end, because it could have definitely contended for a way higher number of views otherwise. hundred percent. And again, like I know I've talked about this and I know we exchanged text conversations at Augusta national just like Cam Smith on head on 12, it just takes one hole and everybody's in it. You know, no one thought Rory McIlroy was going to finish in the top five coming into Sunday and he shoots 60 freaking four. But going back to your comment, Bryson DeChambeau missed the cut. (laughs) Heck yeah. A 63 year old, 63 year old Larry Mize who averaged under 230 yards off the tee beat Bryson DeChambeau who averaged over 310 who previously said Augusta National was a par 67. The game of golf is beautiful. The game of golf is beautiful. Did you see, too, that he said that this was going to be his last Masters? Not Bryson. I forget who you said previously. Larry Mize, yeah. Larry Mize. He said this is going to be the last time he played uh, at the Masters. Again, he's a previous winner. And the fact that he he beat Bryson is amazing in every sense of the word. Every. It just put him back on the drawing board. I get it. He's going to find some course where he can go launch 350 yard drives and go win it. Don't care. Loved what I saw this weekend. Oh my gosh. It was beautiful. And I think it'd be, I need to go ahead and tap myself on the back before we get into the winners where you swamp me. But how about that Danny Willett call? I'm sorry. That was, that was impressive. What did he finish? I know he was top 10 for like the whole weekend. All right. So he kind of, he stayed steady with 12th. Yeah. Very respectable. If you had him as a six guy in your lineup, you were, or him or Minwoo Lee, you know, for whatever reason. Well, he blew up on that back nine, but dang, 30. He shot 30 30 on the front nine. Yeah. Which is the harder nine. Yes. 
that is stupid but why don't you just go ahead and start us off and rub it in with the winners which i made my mistake so so last week's winner jack had victor hovlin he finished tied 27th uh i was trying to decide between justin thomas and cameron smith now if you sit there and hear those two names they were both on the top of the leaderboard uh so j i picked jt he finished eighth but cam finished third so either way jack would have been in a little bit of trouble this week now Jack, you can talk about how you beat me on every other facet of the uh, of the weekend now with your picks. Oh, my gosh. I made so much money. And if you guys followed along, you would have made a bank load of money. Screw Liam's picks. Uh, <laughs> the one I will say, though, Liam did, and he, we didn't talk about this. Liam put a future pick on Scotty Scheffler to win the Masters during the WGC Championship. So he definitely cashed out on that. So you know, you can give a heads out to him. He got him at 3000 to one or excuse me, 30 to one. So that was definitely a good cash for uh, Liam over here, but I will get into the picks right now. So just from the podcast picks alone, I was up five units, five units. So that was tiger making the cut check sung JM top 20 check Corey Connors, top 30 check will Zalatoris top 20 check Tommy Fleetwood beating Bubba Watson, check. And Victor Hovland, you suck. Not finishing in the top 20 was my only downside, which if you watched just chipping, he could have easily done that. Then I had three uh, free bets, $10 each. I don't know how lined up that way, but Justin Thomas, top 10, check. Scotty Scheffler, top 10, check. Cameron Smith, top 10, check. If only you could parlay in golf. I mean, it'd be stupid. So just for Masters Weekend alone, I am up 9.2 units. This is my favorite tournament. Unfortunately, my streak of picking winners has officially ended. Yeah, so so Jack did. Jack was on fire with with bets. If you listen to my on air bets and you follow any of my on air bets, I'm sorry. Uh, I went zero for five, but if you, I actually also ended up betting on Tiger to make the cut, and as Jack Jack said, I did put some money ahead of time on Scotty Scheffler to kind of worked out for me. So any money that I potentially lost betting with my five bets, um, I kind of made up for on the Scotty Scheffler bet. But I had Terrell Hatton top 30. Nope. Eh. Siwoo <laughs> Kim top 30. Nope. Webb Simpson top 30. Nope. I had Harmon over Lee Westwood. Lee Westwood finished 14th. Came out of nowhere. No one could have saw that. Hell. Never guessed it. And then uh, Tom Hoagie was washed over Harold Werner the third. Again, another guy that finished top 20. I picked against all the wrong guys, I guess. But again, I was carried by a couple of picks I made previously. So, hey, what are you going to do? It happens. It's yeah, gambling. It, ha- it happens. Exactly. So, how did your DK lineups go? Because it sounded uh, like uh, you crushed it. Yeah. Uh, DraftKings, my lineup had 426.5. Cam with the carry at third. Justin Thomas, eighth. Sung J, eighth. Corey Connor, sixth. Siwoo 39th and Cameron Bez at 44th six for six on cuts that's all you can do it's one of the best things especially in a tournament where like you said half of the top 20 players in the world missed the cut some some not even close yeah yeah that again the moment you you were talking to me midway through the weekend and you're like oh yeah these are my six guys on DK I'm like I hope you put that in a GPP because you're about to make a lot of money and you yes sir how well so mine was a little less uh, high end. I finished at 396, still cashed out uh, on my double up. That was all I did for this lineup. 
but I had uh, Justin Thomas on tied eighth. I had Jordan Spieth, who missed the cut, but I switched to Cam Smith for the extra hundred. Talk about a save because Cam finished tied third. Uh, Adam Scott finished tied 48th. He was like Tiger. He fell apart on the weekend. Uh, Corey Connors at tied sixth. Had Mark Leishman switched to Max Homa, who finished tied 48th. And then I had Tom Hoagie, and I switched to Brian Harmon. And unfortunately, he missed the cut. So that lineup played good. I won a little money on DK. Now let's go into my FanDuel lineup. I unfortunately finished 52nd out of 100 on my, on my double up. It was unfortunate. I just missed it all. But I had JT again at top eight. I took Brooksy. He missed a cut. I had Adam Scott again at tied 48th. I had Terrell Hatton switch to Matt Fitzpatrick. Another good switch. Uh, he ended up tied 14th with Fitzpatrick. Corey Connors tied sixth. And then Siwoo at tied 39th. Yeah, I mean, that's a solid lineup. FanDuel, I ended up with 380.3. Cam, again, with the hard carry. Justin Thomas, eighth. You know, I got into six for six on cuts, but Hovland, 27th, took a lot of my money. Russell Henley, 30th. Billy Horschel, 43rd, kind of fell apart. And then Bez at 44th. Six for six on cuts in a tournament like that will get you money, whether you do a double up, 10 cent buy-in, or even $100. So all around, I cashed out this is my best week it's the masters jack did jack went in did all his extra homework took his 20 something years of golf knowledge threw it in the bank and then cashed out on it all yeah and then i also you know un- unrelated my you know my family pool definitely cashed out on that one that was a nice little <laughs> chunk of change coming my way but as unfortunate as it is 360 days to the next masters we might as well weeks. move on to the rbc yeah. All right. Let's do it. So we are going to head to Hilton Head, South Carolina this week. We are playing Harbor Town, again, host of the RBC Heritage. It is a par 71. There's only three par fives on this course. Just a small note. Keep that in mind. And it is 7,100 yards. Please remember that for the future. Last year's winner, Stewie Sink. Stew. Stewie. So this course is actually very interesting. Uh, it has a lot of relatively unknown players, or if you're like Jack and I, more long shots than necessarily favorites. Let me just list some of the previous winners. Webb Simpson, C.T. Pan, Satoshi Kodaira, and Wesley Bryan. So again, some of those names you know, like Webb Simpson, Stuart Singh, C.T. Pan, you probably recognize them. If you know Satoshi Kodaira and Wesley Bryant really well, then you are on Jack's level of knowledge. No, everybody knows. Do you know Brian Bros Golf? That's Wesley Bryant. I know, but like. <sighs> I get what you're saying, but I think this is probably one of the most loaded lineups for the RBC I've seen in years. Oh, I agree. This year it's absolutely loaded. I'm just saying in terms of previous winners, it, do- it doesn't always mean that a favorite is going to come out. You know, gotcha. You're not, not going to have Rory and tiger and the same winners that are potentially favors from the masters gotcha i see what you're saying so um one of the big factors in this tournament if you're a very analytical guy like me you want to look at strokes gained approach uh it's the most important metric for this course because this course has the second smallest greens on tour besides you want to take a guess jack Ooh. didn't want me to give you a state yeah give me a state california 
Tory or Pebble? It's got to be. It's Pebble. Yeah. It's Pebble. Yeah, Pebble so, Beach. So this is the second smallest greens behind Pebble Beach. So just keep that in mind. You really want to be good with those long irons. Try and get it to the green. Yeah. So if you know Hovland was in this, I'd fade him like the wildfire. The <laughs> worst chipping I've ever seen. I think I literally think Tiger was chipping better with a freaking four iron at Augusta. Net. That was oh. Anyway, before I get heated and talking about the Masters again, <laughs> let's go right into the 10K range because there are only a handful of guys that really fall into that category. I was kind of surprised. Uh, uh, yeah, it is a relatively small range. I We only got the five names. Sorry, I was pulling it up. No, you're good. I mean, right off the bat, talking about strokes gained around the green, on the green, I think it'd be really remiss as unfortunate as it is, Patrick Cantley has not had the year that I think a lot of people were expecting. I think this might be a tournament that he really starts to come out of the, and I do air quotations here because he's still dominating. Yep. I think he really comes out of a shell of this tournament. Obviously, Justin Thomas, Cam Smith coming off excellent weeks, definitely hot. Dustin Johnson is such an interesting one to look at. He's only had one top 10 in six events but he's arguably one of the top five players in the world. And then you could never count Morikawa out, probably the best iron player on tour right now. Yeah, DJ, DJ is kind of an I, – I, this is – again, it sounds funky to say he's been, quote-unquote, heating up. Yeah. He's been playing a little better, but, like, again, it's Air Dustin, it's Dustin yeah. Johnson here. Like, what do we mean by that? Um, obviously, Justin Thomas and Cam Smith, they both were in contention on Sunday. So they're really names you can't, you can't count out here. Cantley, I agree. He's just, he's been a little off. This seems like a good spot for him to kind of write the ship, I guess is the word. I, yeah. I, I hate, I hate saying bounce back because these are all great players. Um, I do like Morikawa. I think most this week, I, I went away from him last week because of the chipping and the putting. And then he came back and he played well, even though Hovland couldn't do the same. Okay. So, all right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> one last thing is uh, I don't want to keep going back to the masters, but I thought one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life was Rory McIlroy and Colin Morikawa on 18th back to back chipping in. And they were both celebrating with each other. That was just one of the coolest things I've ever, ever seen in the game of golf and leading into Colin Morikawa again, best iron player on tour, arguably this year. I think he might be deadly. Like you're saying, if he gets the putter hot. All right, so so would you agree uh, Morikawa is your favorite in that range too, or are you kind of you in a, going at a different angle? I think it's honestly between Justin Thomas, Cam Smith, and Patrick Cantlay. I think if Patrick Cantlay gets hot, it'll be him, but I think I'll go with Justin Thomas coming off just an excellent round uh, on Sunday. Huh, okay. I would have done more Morikawa or DJ. As one of my first two, so that's well, we got all of them. <laughs> huh. Okay, again, we have very different viewpoints sometimes, so it's all right. It's fine by me. It happens. That's what the point of conversation is. But what I think is really, really going to win this one is the nine K range this year or this tournament. Who's who's your guy? Because I'm sure you have a guy in here, Corey Connors. Oh, you're going back to the Connors well after last week. Okay, he's playing so hot. Like he's, he's probably arguably minus obviously the top, top of the guys, probably the hottest golfer coming into this week. If not Shane Lowry, who's also right there. Um, I just think Corey Connors is one of the most consistent players on tour right now. 
And if he gets that putter hot, like we've been talking about, I think he's going to be dangerous. Yeah. He seems like somebody you have to take because he's been playing so hot. I don't know if I, if I have the, the itch to go up and get him this week. I think there's a lot of other names that are also very good right underneath him. I think Matt Fitzpatrick, $200 less than him, is going to be a very popular choice. I think he might be one of the most played guys this week, but I think it'll be very warranted because much like Corey Connors has been playing hot right now, Matt Fitzpatrick, whenever you look at his previous finishes, it's just insane. It's nothing above 30th place. It's always like 25th, 14th, 7th. 23rd I mean he just rattles off top 30 finishes in his sleep and so for me for for me I love Fitzpatrick in that range yeah I mean I think again Shane Lowry are like I said one of the hottest players in golf Daniel Berger's dealing with some injuries I'm not gonna much like a lot of the guys with injuries in golf it's so hit or miss whether they can put through with it Sung J.M. is really cheap but in a sense that Sungjae really plays well in a tighter area course because he's really good with placement. I don't know why Spieth is this high. Just to be honest, I like Spieth a lot. Um, two of his last three starts, he's missed the cut. Um, and Valero, he only came back really in the weekend. But Joaquin Neiman is so cheap for how good he's been playing this year. I think it's definitely worth, depending on how many lineups you do, but he's got in his last five events, he has a win, a top 10, and no worse finish than the Honda Classic in 74th, but 22 at the players and 35th at the Masters. Pretty cheap for a guy like that. I, I do like Joaquin. I think it's a very viable option with him. I also agree with you on Spieth. It looks like he's going through a swing change or something. Oh, yeah. Something, something's wrong with Spieth. Like you can see it when he does his practice swings before each shot. It just doesn't look right. And so un- until that's fixed, I'm just going to stay away from Spieth altogether, even even especially at this price. I mean, yeah. if, he, if he gets down to like 8,500, where like he starts to filter in with everybody else, like if he gets in the Kisner, Fleetwood, Chris Kirk territory, like then it's dangerous. But at this price, no chance. Yeah. And then it'd be remiss to talk about Russell Henley, 12 for 12 on cuts, just super, super quiet stud. And he's finally deserving of a price point where it makes you question whether you put him in the lineup. It used to be just Russell Henley, click the box, you know. But again, 12 for 12 on cuts, no sign of slowing down. Ride it until that pony's dry. I'm, I'm here for it. I'm, uh, I'm very high on Henley this week. So I'm, I'm here for him. Uh, I think Berger re- rates out really well in terms of metrics this week based on that strokes, uh, strokes gained approach. I know he is a he's a top ten in terms of that. Morikawa is second. Um, just go back to Fitzpatrick. By the way, this is a Pete Dye course. This is uh, what Matt considered. He was on a podcast earlier, and he said that this is his favorite course on tour. Hmm. He also finished fourth here last year, and he's finished top fifteen here three times since twenty eighteen. So, a little bit of good course history. Um, as well as him saying that it's his favorite course. Yeah, that's nice. Oh, yeah. Um, anybody else in the 9K range kind of stick out? No, I think we, we got everyone. Did we get everyone? Oh, wow, I didn't realize. All right, let's go to AK. What do we got? Who, okay. who are we thinking? Right off the rip, Terrell Hatton, arguably one of the best players on tour right now, just had one bad week. Yep. Um, Tommy Fleetwood, he's just consistently going up and up and up and up, and he's still cheap. 
obviously I have to go with my guy Maverick McNeely, 12 for 13 on cuts. Um, he's not even in the AK range. I was gonna say he's seven nine, but he should be AK. Let me slow my roll here. Well, I guess there's my pick for you know, um, but yeah, Billy Horschel, Terrell Hatton, and Tommy Fleet would be the three guys that stand out to me in this category. Everyone else has been playing good. The only one that I would think about fading is Harold Varner the third. Uh, I don't blame you for for hating or for for fading. Harold Varner the third. Oh my gosh, there's a lot going on there. Um, I mean, if you want to go a little out the, out of left field in terms of in terms of a thought process, Kevin Kisner, 8100. So he's played well at match play and then the players, both of which are uh, Pete Dye courses. He's also from South Carolina, so he's close to Hilton Head and he's close to home. He also is not a long driver on tour. You know, you, you probably saw it in match play. You had guys that were just out driving them by 100 yards. Since this is one of the shorter courses on tour, I don't hate going to Kiz in this tournament. No one can very... hate going to Kiz. What? No one can hate going to Kiz. Fan yeah, favorite. Exactly. So I think that's a viable option. I do like Alex Noren. He does well in the metric and he's been, he's just consistent. He always plays yeah. well. I mean, at this, I feel like Alex Norton is like the new Russell Henley. It's just a little lower in price. He's just consistent. You can just throw him in the lineup and click it. If you're ever um, stuck, just throw him in there. Exactly. Um, I do like Fleetwood as well. So I kind of like that lower AK range, but I agree. I think a lot of the, the upper eights, except for Hatton is a little dangerous. Webb Simpson is the court is the course history guy. If, of this of this narrative yeah so if you're all about yeah. course history web simpsons you're you know me the only course history i play into is the masters <laughs> exactly and the fact that i'm not picking them this week tells you that i don't think much of course history here yeah so i mean listen i already spoiled my 7k picks we might as well just jump in there and go with maverick mcneely let's let's talk dirty to me i like him too listen i'm just gonna be honest you can never doubt maverick mcneely that dude has been super regardless of his finishes he's been really consistent in terms of seven thousand price range um obviously talked about adam hadwin a little bit i know a guy you're high on that you're going to get to i'll bypass him for you but i just kind of i don't know why but i really feel going down the well i might regret it ricky freaking fowler oh god I, I just, again, this is, it's, it's a week that you don't have to be. I know the driver really puts him off kilter in a lot of his rounds. And I think that a couple weeks off might really do him some justice, really focused on. And I think he might come back, but again, tell you look at a lineup at $7,000 for Ricky Fowler is not the worst price point. Or, or if you look at Seb Straka, he's doing, Heck of a year at 7,200, but let's get to your guy because I know you're dying to talk about. Yeah, so again, I am a high on Adam Hadwin this week. Um, he is another guy that is top 20 in strokes gained approach from 175 to 200, so he fits the metric well. I, he He's always consistent. Again, it's another consistent guy. He plays really well. I was going to say, that is not the guy I thought you were going to talk about. Who do you think I was going to go to? Hoagie. I do like Hoagie, but I think he's a little more sneaky. 
Oh, I thought you you texted me like I'm big on Hoagie this. Week. I am big on Hoagie because he's he leads that metric. So I I think Hoagie could be could be the sleeper. So I looked into this. So Hoagie won the AT and T Pro Am in Pebble Beach, right? Correct. Do you want to know the distance uh, at Pebble Beach? In terms of yardage, yardage. Of course, yeah, it's depending on the day. It could be between seventy one and seventy four five. Yeah, I think when I I think when I looked into it, most of the time it was like seventy one to seventy two. Yeah, and so this course being seventy one hundred, it fits well with the fact that he is not the world's longest hitter of all time. And again, if he can be accurate off the off the tee and do good on approach shots, I think he's got a chance to really climb up the leaderboard as well. Yeah, uh, I am big on Seb Straka this week as well. I do like him. One last guy that I'm kind of itching on this week might be a little bit of a stretch is Kevin Streelman. Love him. Um, Valero. I know he finished top 20 Valspar top 10 players, top 25 Honda top 20. I think that dude is just good. Overall consistent game is going to make a cut for your lineup. And if you're looking for a guy, it's this price point. That is a pretty good lock for making a cut. I think you're not going to go wrong here. You were right, by the way. Substraka was top 30. I thought 30, it was top 20. Yeah. So my bad on that one. All right. One last guy that I don't dislike in the 7K range if you're looking for a different option is Mito. Mito started out kind of slow to really start the year, but he's been kind of coming on strong now. He's been making more cuts, finishing up a little higher. He's definitely a little bit more of a contrarian pick. So if you don't want to pick somebody that's going to get a ton of uh a ton of picks like if you want the opposite of a matt fitzpatrick who i think is going to be the most owned guy i think mito is going to be very sneaky play and he does fit well in this metric yeah i like that a lot actually that's a good call so all right are you ready to uh scrape 6k bottom of the barrel listen doug gim reapers right there (laughs) gotta gotta shout him out um but i i legitimately when i look at this i get really confused to see joel damon at 68 I, I agree. I think the tough part is he hasn't played since Punta Cana and he missed a cut there. It's, it's been a couple of weeks. I don't know. It, it, I think that's part of the reason he's down there. They don't know how his game's doing. Yeah. Um, I like him, especially at that price point. Um, personally, like you said, Satoshi Kodaira is going to be good. Um, Doc Redmond's a guy I'm going to high on, well, pretty high on. But I want to talk about. This might be a stretch, but if you're looking down here, it's already a stretch. Number one amateur in the world, Takumi Kanaya. He, if he gets hot, that dude's dangerous. I mean, I know he's only two for seven on cuts, but top 10 he has right now is just a dangerous. And of course, that's like we've talked about. It's scorable. It is scorable. So number one amateur in the world from Japan, you know, his irons are good. Um, so I, I anticipate if you're looking at 6,300, that's definitely a guy you can look at. I I don't hate to uh to Takumi Kanaya. Gosh, I can't say his name well. Takumi. Takumi Kanaya. Thank you. Uh, I'm a I like that pick. I'm a big fan of Bo Hosler. He's been playing well. Um, so I don't hate him this week. Again, he's the same price as Joel Dahman. So I think if you went. You could really go either way on that one, and that might end up being the struggle with me on my sixth pick for my FanDuel lineup, just to do a little foreshadowing there to determine which one of those I'm going to do. Um, 
I don't hate Luke Donald this week. So my number one player in the world. Exactly. And again, if you want to follow the strokes gained approach model, he is top 20. So it's, it's another one of those where he fits in the metric. Well, and I'm trying to kind of go through the metric and come up with a plan where a lot of the guys that do well on the approach are going to do well this week. I'm trying to make a plan in this lineup. Whereas I feel like I've recently been doing a lot of like, well, I like him and I think he does well here. And I think he does good in course history. I've been kind of separating it too far. So I'm going to go back to doing one model. Yeah. Um, and then real quick, I'll shout out the other two guys. I know I texted you, not an official pick, but I do think Jim Furyk probably has the most consistent. He's got a freaking 58 and a 59 in the PGA Tour. Never count him out ever. But I like Wesley Bryan. Screw the fact that he won here. He's just, if you ever follow him and you watch him, he's just really consistent. Um, and I think that he's really making a push and, at 6,100, again, I'm not really taking the fact that he was a former winner because games can change, but former winner on the same course at 6,100 is something that you can't just fault. No, I agree with that. I think that I think that he, again, he's won here in the past. He is dangerous. He has a chance to do it again. So Adam Svensson's down here at 6,400. I'm just going to call it out because he's been so hit or miss for me so frequently. I might as well throw it out there and just continue the uh, the trend. Again, he got a new caddy way back in February now. So it's just a thought. Um, but outside of that, I think we've named most of our thoughts. Do you want to go into uh, to DraftKings and start the lineup? Let's do it. I already have mine pulled up. So I went for more of a, a little different approach than my fan duel. I did a little risky this time, but Patrick Cantley, 10 K Russell Henley, nine K Tommy Fleetwood, 82 Maverick McNeely, 79 Kevin Nas, 78 and Ricky, the flow Fowler at seven. I I'm taking the gamble on Fowler. I'm riding it. Um, and hopefully it pays off. You did a little more balanced lineup, and I respect it because I went a little bit more high and low. So oh, just wait till you get to my fandle. You're gonna throw up. Oh boy. Okay. All right. Well, uh, for my DK, uh, we had a couple of uh, overlapping names, but only one or two. I had Morikawa at ten two, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick at nine five, Russell Henley at nine, uh, Adam Hadwin at seven six, Seb Straka at seven two. And Doc Redman at 6'4", one of Jack's guys. There you go. Don't hate it for sure. We will see on that one. All right. And then do you want to go into your FanDuel lineup? You ready for this one? Sure. Justin Thomas, 12K. Cam Smith, 11'9". Corey Connors, 11'1". Terrell Hatton, (laughs) 10'1". Wesley Bryan, 7'6". Jim Furyk 7-2. I'm putting all completely opposite to what I always say. I'm going all in for this one. Oh man. Um can, can we clarify that I would not normally recommend doing this? And, I would not recommend it. I've always said not, guys are gonna make the cut, but I'm really looking forward to this week. All right. Well, I did a little different on this one. Well, of course, how could anyone that, copy that uh, one? That's a that's a lot. 
I have Morikawa at 11-8, Fitzpatrick at 10-8, Fleetwood at 10-3, Hadwin at 9-5, Tom Hoagie at 9-3, and Joel Dahman right now at 8-3. Again, Joel Dahman might get flip-flop with Bo Hosler, depending on how I'm feeling at any point in time. So as always, this is my weekly reminder. Please follow us on social media. So that way, when I go through and I switch my my uh, my FanDuel up about 600 times, you can get each iteration. <laughs> yeah, there you go. A little stinker tinker action. <laughs> so, all right. Let's see. Is there anything I forgot to mention? Winners. Oh, oh. one thing before then. Uh, so Matt Kuchar has played this event 18 times. Do you want to guess how many times he's made the cut? 17. Yes, and it's been the last 17 in a row, too. So it's a, it's just a little interesting tidbit if you feel like doing that. I know in the past we've done that with, like, Sergio and stuff like that, and it's very good options. Uh, before winter, pretty expensive, though. He is kind of expensive, unfortunately. Yeah, he's not as cheap as you'd hope. Before winners, we do have bets. We haven't even done bets yet. So, oh my gosh, I completely don't forget, forgot about that. Forget your best. Like, oh, you want to win more money off. off. I was going to say, I'm riding high this week. Um, How many yeah, you got? I have five now and then 14 later. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm riding high on Corey Connors. Top 20 is um, plus 110. I like that a lot. Obviously, odds, I'm going to go through and look at all the odds platforms and try and get the best odds. So it might change. Um, I have Sung J M plus 175 at top 20. I think if the putter gets hot, um, he's a good consistent player. I know he said earlier he wasn't built for these type of courses, but I still think he can definitely crack top 20. I have, and this is crazy to me, Tommy Fleetwood, top 30 is plus 125. I've I blown away considering that. That's just free money, I think. Um, Kevin Na for top 40 is plus 140. And then a guy I said I wanted to fade, but has too good of odds for me to reject. Harold Varna the third and top 40 is plus 150. Like I, I saw that and I couldn't believe it. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I actually looked at a few of those and especially the Fleetwood one. I saw a top 30, right? It was top 30 at plus 125. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely ridiculous. It makes no sense that he he should be at that price because I think he's almost guaranteed for it, but I did not go that route. I did take a couple of your, of your routes, but I also, I did five bets. I've, I'm kind of struggling because I've been a little lackluster on bets. Obviously I got lucky with the Scotty, but I have not been as high on all of my bets as I should have been. So I did a little differently this week. Sure. I have Mito top 40 at plus 110. I have Seb Straka top 40 at plus 130. I have Kevin Na top 40 at plus 140, which I think you have as well. Correct. Um, I took Luke Donald top 40 at plus 275. And then I have Alex Norin at plus 175 to beat both Jordan Spieth and Siwoo Kim. Oof. Yeah. So that one is going to be one where... I don't think a lot of people are going to have that one, but I am not a fan of, of Spieth with his swing change. And so if you're telling me it's a plus 175 for a head-to-head with Alex Norton and Siwoo, I'll take it anytime. I'm here for it. All right. 
So that's the five, Jack. Are you ready to get into the uh, who's your who's your winner this week? Who are you thinking? You want me to go first because I've always had you go first. Yeah, I just wanted to point out um, one last thing is okay. if you're on FanDuel right now, the top Australian player in Cameron Smith is minus 190 right now over Cameron Davis. I'm sure it'll jump tremendously, but right now it's minus 190. I just took a look and he's the only competitor. So if Cam Smith beats Cameron Davis, you're getting, you know, a dollar for every two you put down, which is something to definitely take a look at before it jumps. Cause it will, but why don't we get into winners? Definitely. And so you want me to go first this time? Go for it. I'm going to take Fitzpatrick. I thought you were going to say Morikawa. You know, I thought about it, but it, I, again, I've kind of done a theme so far this year where for the most part, I haven't taken too many big, big hitters. I like a lot of those guys in the second tier. I think they're usually a little more consistent. I, I almost took Kevin Kisner. <laughs> Whoa. I almost, I almost took Kevin Kisner in this, but I'm taking Fitzpatrick. But I, I was very tempted to take Kisner on this, but. Oh my God. I'll give you a two if you want Kisner. Holy crap. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll take both. I'll take both. I'll take Kisner and Fitzpatrick. No, you but, let me, you never let me pick two. So you're, I know, you're picking I know. your Fitzpatrick. I'll, I'll take Fitzpatrick then. That's fine. I knew you wouldn't let me take two, but I'm yeah. big Kiz this week. Oh my gosh. I'll, I'll go ahead. I think it'll be Justin Thomas or Cameron Smith. I know there's the two heavy favorites, but Justin Thomas is just, He's second in strokes gained, tee to green, putting, and birdies and better, and he leads the tour in fairway proximity. I I think that he he gets his game going. He's unstoppable, and I think he's starting to peak a little bit. Obviously, Cameron Smith has had a you know if it wasn't for um, Scotty Scheffler, he'd be having a stupid good year. And I think he's just showcased um, you know fourth in greens regulation first in putts per green and regulation. Um, but one guy I think is a real sleeper pick. And I know we didn't talk about him much is uh, Shane Lowry. He's third in proximity in the entire tour and second in scrambling. It all, it, it's just, there you go. but I think Justin Thomas will take it. I really do. You're going to my pick from last week. I don't blame you. He's a, he's a good pick. He's a, uh, a little, little safe there, a little buck, buck chicken call out, you know, taking that, taking one of the top guys, but I get it. I get it. You want to, you know, when you've lost like three or four in a row, Jack, I get it. You got to take a well-known guy. You got to get we back. Are talking out. about winners? Are we talking about your O for five on sports? Are we talking <laughs> about a lot of loops? We're going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. All right. So you took Justin Thomas. I took Matt Fitzpatrick with an asterisk around Kevin Kisner because we'll go back to him next week. Is there anything else that you can think of before we go into golf again this week, Jack? I think this will be obviously it's an, it's a shame that this tournament follows the masters because it's really one of the coolest traditions. Um, it, I, I highly recommend anybody watching. That's a casual golfer. Please log in um, and watch the beginning coverage of this tournament. Cause they do really cool stuff. Um, the trophy's really cool. There's a lot of history that goes into this tournament. So I definitely recommend just from, if you're not a golf fan, um, or just a casual viewer, just go ahead and look at it. It's really, really cool um, what they do around here. So um, it's just something I, you know, always look forward to look or watching. I love looking at 18 because they hit it right into like the lighthouse, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's always a good one. And then the winner gets a, a, a plaid jacket. 
Yeah. So it's, it's, I don't know why they did, you know, back to back, but it's, it's really cool because, and I think that the winner of the master should have to play in this tournament to get, you know, a full closet on the way home. (laughs) I'd love it too, but I agree as, as always though, please follow us on social media. You'll keep us up to date with all of our, all of our bets, all of our sports books, any changes. We'll try and let you know if there are people that withdraw or not. We might get a withdrawal just based on how all the master stuff went. We are recording this on Monday night. So there's a chance that maybe somebody is still feeling those woes from the weekend, but we will keep you up to date as always. Have a great weekend. Happy betting. Go win some money, everybody. Have a good one. Go win some money. Deuce.